1: Decrypted is brought to you by Red Hat, whose broad portfolio of open-source technologies for the enterprise helps you get from where you are to where you want to be. Red Hat, the open technology to help you realize your vision. Learn more at redhat.com slash opentech.
2: That, that truck we call Rosebud, the, the red and the white one, that's yeah. like most of our videos. Um, What's the truck we're riding called? Uh, Buster. Buster, okay.
3: A couple of weeks ago, I went down to South Florida for a road trip in a self-driving truck.
1: Y'all ready? Yep. Yep.
3: I was sitting in the back of of a cabin, on a bed actually, in a Freightliner Cascadia. That's like the biggest, baddest truck you can buy. We were on Florida's Highway 27 with the Everglades on either side. Truckers call this part of Florida Alligator Alley. I was riding along with a team from Starsky Robotics. And then the driver, Jeff Runyans, took his hands off the steering wheel and slid his feet off the pedals. My God, this sounds terrifying. And you're on a bed? I mean, are there even seatbelts? No seatbelts. And Brad, I don't know if you realize how big and heavy these trucks are. And they go fast. And all of a sudden, he takes his feet off the pedals, and then a gust of wind hit the truck, and the computer sort of lurched us towards the left lane. He's
1: trying to fight the wind. He you now it's overcorrecting a
2: little bit.
3: Right. come back. I Not was enough. freaking out, but everybody else in the truck was acting pretty much normal. Maybe they knew something about the airbags in the back of the vehicle that you didn't. There weren't any airbags, but there were algorithms. And those algorithms need a little bit of time to understand the driving conditions on a given day and to figure out just how much to sort of push the steering wheel to fight against the wind.
1: You yeah, know how you are in the morning when you, before you have your coffee? Yeah. <laughs> That's what this guy does. Take it back roads home.
3: Starsky is still fine tuning its technology to make sure it works in all scenarios. And if they succeed for truckers, which is one of the most common jobs in the United States, that could mean huge changes. I'm Brad Stone. And I'm Max Chafkin. And this week on Decrypted, I ride a
0: robot truck from Fort Lauderdale to Tallahassee. From small startups to Silicon Valley's biggest tech companies and the world's largest automakers, there's a race to build the software that could power a future of cars without drivers. Long-haul trucking will likely be one of the first areas to feel this profound shakeup. This technology promises to make our
3: roads safer and our goods cheaper. But it's a transition that will have consequences.
0: Trucking is worth $700 billion in the U.S. alone. Right, and it employs a lot of people. More than 3 million Americans drive trucks for a living, and another 4 million support the trucking economy in jobs like waitressing and roadside cafes and being a gas station attendant. It's also a job that lower-income Americans depend on. What happens to these workers is a question that needs to be answered. This episode kicks off a series of pieces
3: about technology that threatens to replace jobs. It's one of the most important tech stories of our time. If you have a story to share with us about your job and the oncoming wave of automation, record a voice message and send it to decrypted at Bloomberg.net.
0: So, Max, right now self-driving car research is absolutely dominated by big-name companies, Google, Uber. Ford and, and GM, pretty much every Detroit automaker, the Chinese companies. So how did you find this small startup, Starsky Robotics, and why does a startup even matter right now?
3: Well, it's interesting. I, I got tipped off by one of their investors. Uh, they were backed by uh, Y Combinator. So shortly before demo day, I got tipped off and people suggest I talk to him. But I, I think it's important to remember that a lot of these big companies working on driverless tech were really small just very recently. The other thing that, that drew me to this is, is this guy was a little different. So I went to South Florida to see Starsky's Trucks in action.
2: Uh, my name is Stefan Seltz-Oxmacher, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of Starsky Robotics, a self-driving truck company.
3: Stefan is Starsky's CEO. I found him interesting partly because of what he's not
2: like. So I didn't go to Stanford. I didn't participate in the 2004 Driver Grand Challenge. I'm not a Google Xer. Uh, I don't really have any of the credentials of someone who's supposed to be good at this space.
3: What interested me about Starsky was the, the the sort of difference there and also the fact that they had this different approach, which is that they're planning to use remote control drivers, basically people in call centers who are overseeing trucks. So if you're a truck driver, you don't necessarily have to spend three weeks in a truck, sleeping in your cab, eating truck stop food, talking on a CB radio. You just go to an office, you
0: sit in a desk, you drive a truck for eight hours, and then you go home and see your family. I'm imagining this new new job is a little bit like playing Mario Kart for a living. It actually sounds kind of fun. The other
3: thing is that Starsky, uh, unlike other truck companies, is actually hauling cargo. So while they're collecting data and trying to log all these research miles like all the other companies, they've
0: also got like a load in the back of the truck that they're getting paid a, you know a modest amount of money for. Right. And we should note that many of these other companies have deployed lots of capital to, to this kind of research. Starsky has only raised around $5 million. Uh, is the strategy of using real cargo presenting a different set of challenges, though?
3: Yeah. It sounds easy to run a trucking company, but uh, it's not necessarily. Their, their first truck, which they nicknamed Rosebud, broke down even before they could get it out of San Francisco. And what truck. was wrong with Rosebud?
2: like well the like
3: bad alternator or something So have you ever
2: bought a truck before? No. <laughs> Neither did <had> I. <laughs> um, that's that's the core problem with Rosebud. Yeah. I bought um, a I, I bought a truck off an auction site.
0: Starsky, as we mentioned, is just one of many companies working on this. The Silicon Valley companies, of course, Detroit, and and the big companies like Baidu in China that think they can make an impact. And Brad, don't
3: forget the big trucking companies, Volvo, Daimler, uh, all the big names in trucking are also getting in on the space. So where is Starsky relative to these giants in terms of progress? So what Starsky's going for is what's known as level uh, three autonomy. And I'll, let me just explain quickly. Level one autonomy is cruise control, your basic thing that is in lots of cars. Level two is cruise control and what's known as lane keeping, where the car will sort of steer for you. OK, so take your hands off the wheel. But for God's sake, don't take a nap. Right. And level three, what we're talking about with Starsky, means that the driver uh, needs to be there in case of an emergency, but the driver can basically not pay attention during other times. Level four means driver can be totally out of picture, could be unconscious, could be texting,
0: whatever. And that's where the big companies, the Googles and Fords, are focused on.
2: Honestly, most of the industry, most of the autonomous industry, is like science project mode. Yeah. Whereas we want to be like a very real business, so we're learning how to be a real business now.
3: When Stefan says he wants to be a real business, he means that Starsky's plan is to have the driver only intervene in an emergency. But unlike, say, Tesla, which is also going for the same idea with a driver in the driver's seat, Starsky's idea is that the driver is going to be someplace else.
2: We're building ours so as to not need a person behind the wheel, because the point for us is to not have a person behind the wheel.
0: So this is kind of like the military's use of drone pilots. Yeah, exactly. So
3: Starsky, uh, when they raised their $5 million funding round, they did so thanks to a video that they made where they were remote control driving a truck in a parking lot, and it was making a a sort of pseudo delivery. Their plan, and and they want to do this by the end of the year, is to have a real delivery with real cargo, where they pick up at the port, drive the whole distance, and then drop off, all using teleoperation, using a remote control driver. And would that be the first such achievement of its kind? As far as I know, yes. And, and Starsky is actually closer to this milestone than you might think because trucks, unlike, say, cars, spend most of their time on highways, which is, of course, the easiest place to do autonomous driving. Right. No pedestrians, no bikes, no traffic lights. Yeah. And and trucks are big and heavy, which means that it's a lot easier to get the sensors on them. And there's also this safety component. Trucks drive a ton of miles and they're involved in, in a lot of fatal accidents. So in theory, you could eliminate a lot of those if you'd let a computer do most of the driving.
0: But of course, there's a dark lining to this potentially silver cloud. Trucking is a huge sector of the economy, employing millions of people. Having a computer drive the truck raises the specter of job losses on an epic scale. It makes me want to run for the hills. It makes me want to hug my
1: kids and hope they have a good future.
3: That's Ed Witkin, the president of the Transportation Trades Department for the AFL-CIO. He's basically a big union muckety-muck in the world of trucking. Um, unions, including the AFL-CIO and the Teamsters, which are the big, well-known trucking union, are warning that this could be really, really bad for their
0: members, which isn't surprising. Right. It, it taps into an almost primal fear. Computers come, they take our jobs. Right. But trucking is weird because it's one of those jobs
3: that a lot of people don't really want.
1: It pisses me off, big big companies because truckers work their ass off, sixty, yeah. seventy hours. Some of the like own operators are working eighty hours just to try to pay that truck. I had a big stretched out truck, kind of yeah. a big thing, blah blah. And, you know, I live in this truck. You yeah. stay in it for a couple of days, and you'll know what I'm talking about.
3: <laughs> That's Jeff Runyon's again. The truck driver who was behind the wheel on the drive in Florida. He told me what being a long haul trucker was like.
1: Plus, they eat terrible. Yeah, yeah. You know, you get truck stops. I used to go to Memphis all the time. That's why I was 250. I stopped at the uh, truck (laughs) stops and got green fried tomatoes and catfish. You go to any truck stop and you'll see everything's fatty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Companies treat you like s. They say drivers are dime a dozen. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, despite the glorification of the occupation in the 70s and movies like Smokey and the Bandit, bad food, poor treatment from your employer doesn't sound great. And the wages are bad, too. I mean, people think of trucking as being this this kind of
3: good-paying job, but the truth is the average trucker makes around $40,000 a year, and that in- easily includes you know, 60, 70 hours of work every week. So in the end, you're not making that much better than minimum wage. Right, and that explains why the industry sees such high turnover. There's a massive labor shortage, and this is what you hear if you talk to people who are who are involved in autonomous trucking. The American Trucking Association, the big trade group, says that around 50,000 trucking jobs are unfilled at the moment. So there is appetite for more and more truckers. That's my colleague Josh Idelson, who covers labor relations for Bloomberg. The volume of stuff to move around the country keeps getting bigger, and the number of people coming in... To the industry to drive and staying in it is not keeping up in large part because so many people leave. Turnover is so high because being a trucker is pretty much terrible. But in some of the poorest parts of the country, it's also one of the only jobs available. One way to look at it is these are some of the most cherished, mediocre jobs in the United States.
0: What about military service, Max? Is that c- comparable? It's yeah, actually,
3: it's it's very comparable. Josh says that um, it's the it's people who are who might enlist in military service that the trucking companies are competing for. Maybe if they could get the federal law adjusted so that people who are younger than 21 can do interstate trucking, maybe they could get people before they would otherwise decide to go to the military, for example.
0: And this is why Starsky and the other Silicon Valley companies are so interested in the sector. This is a rare industry where computers could really help. What the technology is and what it will mean for trucking jobs, that's coming up right after this word from our sponsor.
2: You know where you want to be. Red Hat has the broad portfolio of open source technologies to get you there. Meet your evolving business challenges head on with secure solutions for the enterprise, including... Linux platforms and containers, hybrid cloud infrastructure, application integration and development, operations management, and beyond. Visit redhat.com slash open tech to learn more. Red Hat, the open technology to help you realize your vision.
0: Before the break, Max, you were explaining that even though the trucking industry employs millions of people, it's actually facing a big shortage of workers and automating the driving process could directly address this. So let's explain what exactly automation involves. Okay, so there are two basic
3: components, the the sensors that are collecting data and the algorithms. So the sensors, they tell the computer where the vehicle is, what's around it, and then the algorithms
0: crunch the data to figure out what it should tell the vehicle to do. Companies that are aiming for the most advanced autonomy use something called LIDAR, which stands for light detection and ranging. Of course, it's somewhat controversial because Uber and Google are now fighting over some intellectual property around LIDAR. Starsky, like Tesla, uses radars and camera.
3: Yeah, it's a lower tech approach, and uh, Stefan laid it out for me during our ride.
2: So like what we have here in the front are like two automotive grade really high quality cameras. Yeah uh, with high quality lenses. Want that. Yeah, let them feed into like our software. Got it.
3: So while we drove, Jeff, the driver, basically kept his hands off the wheel and, and Kevin Keo, a Starsky engineer, kept an eye on the systems using a laptop and a tablet that was built into the dashboard. So
0: at the moment, yeah. um, we, have, we have map-based routes, got it. we do, but um, at the moment, it relies heavily on the lane markings in front. Got it, got it's it. It's getting it. some information from the GPS, but currently, um, it's getting most of its information from the lane markings. So similar to like Tesla yeah. Autopilot, Yeah, basically. that kind of yeah. stuff, yeah. So the car is basically watching the road through cameras and sensors and trying to stay in the lane, the way a real driver would. So Max, what happens if the lane markings are faded or simply aren't there? In
3: general, interstate highways are pretty good, and Starsky is making life a little easier for itself by saying that the driver, not the computer, should handle those edge cases.
2: I mean, That's that's just part of the same reason why Google's done, like, 3 million miles and isn't ready to deploy anything, is because, like, they're trying to look for all of those weird curves, all of, like, the weird times where where whatever weird thing happens.
0: Now, Google wants its computer to basically handle everything—
3: Yeah, Starsky's thought is that the safety driver will be sitting in a call center somewhere monitoring maybe five or ten trucks. An alarm will go off if something weird happens, and then he'll immediately seize the wheel and take control.
0: Let's hope the wireless service
3: is reliable. How, how does that work? Starsky doesn't want to say exactly how they're transmitting data, but basically they're controlling the truck wirelessly by remote control. Right now, the system looks a bit like you what you'd have if you were really into video games. There's a steering wheel and then three screens, and, and the driver just sits there and sort of drives like in a video game. But the idea is that most of the time, the computer is driving itself.
0: Now, let's go back to the beginning. You're in one of these trucks in Florida. You're on a bed in the back, and, and the wind is blowing, causing the truck to sway and the computer to overcorrect. Right. We were hauling a lot of
3: weight on this particular day. It was it was a, a shipping container, which is made out of stainless steel. It's heavier than the standard aluminum boxes that Starsky had been testing before, and that proved slightly problematic.
2: Here's going to be something new right here. The curve can take. Yeah, now this curve during the week we were taking fine yeah, with, with this container. container.
1: We'll, we'll see. So I can. This is a new
3: experiment. Basically, we were getting pushed by the wind, and the computer, a, a bit like a human driver, was struggling to figure out exactly just how hard how to respond, just how hard to turn that
0: wheel. Max, you deserve hazard pay for this. Why, why were they doing this test in Florida? So a bunch of states are trying to regulate driverless cars, but Florida is really,
3: really ridiculously relaxed about this uh, industry. You don't need a special permit or any special insurance uh, to, to drive a driverless car in Florida, and you don't even need a human driver behind the wheel as long as somebody somewhere is in control of the car.
0: Now, here's the most interesting part. It gives us a peek at the future. Maybe robots won't take all our jobs, but it's likely that they replace many jobs, including what we think of as blue-collar jobs that involve managing a computer.
2: So I think, like, humans and technology are probably going to be better than either one. alone, yeah, yeah. Probably forever.
3: That's Stefan again, uh, the Starsky CEO. Starsky brings together these two unlikely groups.
2: $300 raw denim jeans, $7 lattes, Yeah. Uh, mixed with truck drivers who, some of them live in trailers, many of them like they never went to college.
3: Self-driving engineers like Kevin Keough, the engineer who works for Starsky, can make millions, even tens of millions at companies like Google. Truckers are basically treated as disposable by their employers.
2: We're, we, we're straddling people who thought that Bernie didn't go far enough and people who didn't think that Trump went far enough. Right.
3: Stephan argues that this is going to be really good for truckers, which I also heard from Jeff, who was our driver for the day.
2: Some people are negative.
1: Yeah. And then some uh, are really interested in the tech behind it. Yeah. And then you tell them about how you're going to make it so they can have 40 hours a week instead of 70 hours a week at the house. You know, instead of being gone all the time, they can make the same amount of money.
0: Yeah, but Jeff, a driver, isn't exactly an objective source here, is he? No, and it's a real threat that many drivers will get left behind. That's what one driver, Tom
3: George, told my colleague Josh.
1: Even were there not a driver shortage, there would certainly be technology trying to to edge into uh, supplanting a driver. I've been seeing uh, trucking, uh, just truck manufacturing, uh, developing into a, you know, what I always called trying to engineer the driver out of the truck.
0: So, Max, it's hard to know what the long-term impact of artificial intelligence is going to mean for all of us, not just truckers, right? Right. And and there are, there are a few different schools of thought, which I'll break down for you
3: quickly. The first is basically that advances in robotics, artificial intelligence are going to make us more productive, make us superhumans, and, and those of us who lose our jobs are going to get even better, more creative, more, more fulfilling jobs. The second idea is school of thought is that technology is going to kill so many jobs that it's going to create this permanent underclass where, where you have a bunch of people who can't find anything. And the third school of thought says, eh, this is all hype. Don't pay any attention to it.
0: Yeah, I've also noticed the strain of optimism in Silicon Valley that says the job destruction will be real, but the, the, this, this is a natural cycle of the economy and that it will evolve a new work that we haven't yet imagined will kind of take care of the disruption.
3: Right. And I think it's important to remember uh, that, that for most of the country, this sort of Silicon Valley way of thinking is, is not how they see it. They, they see this as basically science fiction. Uh, just the other day, uh, Transportation Secretary Elaine Chao told reporters that explaining self-driving technology to the public would be one of the biggest hurdles in terms of getting people to adopt it. And even truckers like Tom George, who we just heard from, are convinced they'll be able to drive trucks better than a computer for some time to come.
1: That's going to be really, really hard for automation to take over because there's so much interaction that the driver has to be a part of that can't be automated by a computer. So who's going to notice that a strap is loose on your load while you're driving down the road? I don't know that the computer is going to be able to, first of all, notice it. And second of all, how are they going to adjust to it? What are they going to do?
0: And Tom is not wrong. It's true that there are thousands of rare cases, those edge cases, those emergencies where computers don't work very well and and they may not work well for a long time. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it, it's going to
3: take a long time to get to that hybrid stage. And Starsky has a version of this with remote control, but there are others. Auto and another driverless trucking startup called Embark talk about having driv- drivers in the cabs but allowing them to sleep. Peloton, which is another uh, Silicon Valley trucking startup, has a convoy-style approach where you could imagine a big line of trucks with one driver just in the very front. But the bottom line is that all of these companies, all of them, are trying to make trucking require fewer workers. So for now, what's next for Starsky? So what they're trying to do is is have this big test on the highway where they're going to try to drive a whole uh, delivery without uh, having a human in the car. And I think probably
0: they'll they'll try to raise some more money. Meanwhile, I guess things are looking less optimistic for drivers who don't have a Silicon Valley startup to get involved with. It's not just about drivers and people that operate trains and buses. It's also about people that sort of ordinary jobs that you and I encounter during the day.
3: That was Ed, our union leader, again. Uh, Ed's bigger idea was that at a certain point, the government needs to take some responsibility for job losses and, and making sure that this scary underclass scenario never plays out. And the other thing worth mentioning is that Ordinary jobs, quote-unquote, might also include a bunch of the jobs that we think of as being good. Lawyers, some kinds of doctors, and Brad, I hate to say it, but maybe journalists?
0: What about podcast hosts? Are they safe? Always, forever. But, Max, using your experience at the back of this truck, do you really believe this is going to happen in our lifetime? Do you really see those engineers feeling comfortable stepping away from the, from the vehicle? And then, you know, can the same AI techniques apply to these other occupations where, you know, you do need human intuition, human input? At least for now. I don't think it's going to be
3: such a stark change. And I mean, we, there's in, with trucking, there is this labor shortage. So there's sort of a built-in cushion. And a lot of people said things like anyone who's a truck driver in their sort of career is not going to be seriously affected by this. I'm not sure how true that is. And I think the other thing that we have to keep in mind is a lot of time these automations don't happen in one big Chunk. They happen in sort of small ways that, that affect people's jobs, causing them to make less money. I mean, one type of automation that's pretty underrated is the advent of the automatic transmission, which coincides with the declining wages of trucking. Now that also, there were other causes of that, but, but one thing it did is make driving a truck easier, which meant
0: that trucking companies could use lower skilled workers it kind of goes along with this notion that ai is this magical thing that doesn't exist and yet when it does exist we don't call it ai anymore we just sort of assume uh, assume that it's there it's it's machinery i like the Starsky approach this melding of ai telematics and and then humans because you know th- this is the model that we've seen in medicine and in, in law really in journalism technology not replacing humans but making them more efficient
3: yeah it strikes me as 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 fundamentally like realistic, but also it has a certain humanity to it. And, and what I liked about this company, and I think what the companies that succeed in, in, in this world are going to have at least some empathy for the workers who are being affected by, by these changes. And, and those that are just thinking about this as pure technology, I think are going to run into trouble
0: because, because they're not being realistic about how the world actually works. Yeah, the Starsky approach does seem like it's something that um, is a little bit more practical sooner. But of course, I didn't ask you the biggest question. The most important question is, what's with the name? Is this a reference to the popular 70s TV show? It is. So Stefan told me that it, he was actually looking for CB radio lingo.
3: So like 10-4, good buddy type type of things. And I guess Starsky and Hutch was slang, CB slang in the 70s for a team of drivers. So he was thinking that it was going to be like you have a call center for drivers. So it's sort of like a Starsky and Hutch, or maybe a lot of Starsky's and a lot of Hutch's good buddy.
0: And that's it for this week's episode of Decrypted. Thanks for listening. We want to hear your stories. Tell us about your job and whether
3: you're worried about technology and automation coming for you. Record a voice message and send it to decrypted
0: at Bloomberg.net. Also, I'm on Twitter at Chafkin, And I'm at Bradstone. If you haven't already, subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave us a rating and a review. It really helps more listeners find our show. And by the way, we're trying a new thing on LinkedIn, where we give you a behind-the-scenes look at our episodes each week and a discussion on some of the thornier problems we'll discuss on the show. LinkedIn also has their own tech show called Work in Progress, where they talk about the future of work. One of their recent episodes is about universal basic income, which is also something we've been looking into here at Bloomberg. This episode was produced by Pia Gadkari, Aki Ito, Liz Smith,
3: and Magnus Henriksen thanks to Nico Grant and Isabel Gottlieb for all their work on this episode. My Business Week story was co-written by Joss Idelson and edited by Jim Ailey and Nick Summers. You can read it on Bloomberg.com slash or on the brand new Business Week app. Alec McHabe is the head of Bloomberg Podcasts. We'll see you next week. Over and out.
1: Decrypted is brought to you by Red Hat, whose broad portfolio of open source technologies for the enterprise helps you get from where you are to where you want to be. Red Hat, the open technology to help you realize your vision. Learn more at redhat.com slash tech.